Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin. This is Katie, per usual, back with a very, very hard-hitting podcast, guys, because tonight I have been doing some thinking this week. As you guys know, if you follow me on Instagram, which if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, why not? Uh, I think I'm cool enough for you guys to follow me on Instagram, let's be real. I mean, I post like photos of my outfits and like normal girl stuff, but yeah, follow me on Instagram. It's Katie, K-A-T-Y, Bilotti, B as in boy, E-L-L-O-T-T-E. That's my first and last name, guys. If you uh, weren't sure who you were listening to this entire time, you've been binging my podcast. I'm just kidding. Do I sound cocky to you guys? Oh my God. Well, perfect, because do I have a podcast episode in store for you guys? I've been brainstorming, kind of marinating this topic in my brain since Monday. If you guys follow me, you would know that I've been doing a series of polls on my Instagram stories, kind of asking you guys questions, picking your brains about the subject of feeling as though you are too much for other people, be it relationship-wise with, you know, guys or girls, you feel like you're overpowering in a relationship or leading up to and you just don't know how to flirt because you feel like you're coming on too strong or just with people in general, you feel like you come on too strong, you're a little bit too much, you kind of express yourself too loudly and it freaks people out and you're like, what the heck, why am I like this? And you feel insecure about it or if you, you know, you're having a day where you're like, wow, I look good today, I want to share a selfie or I just, you know, think I look good. I'm happy with my appearance today and you hold back because you're afraid to be portrayed as you know narcissistic or obsessed with yourself and things like that so if you've ever had any of those feelings or you've been intimidated by someone else who comes across as this confident person you know confident perfect person on the outside and you're like oh my god I'm intimidated by that person or you have this like sinking feeling where it's like, wait, I kind of want to be that person. Like, I wish I was that person. Yep, if you felt any, a number of any of those things, uh, I have a podcast in store for you guys tonight. Even if you haven't felt any of those things, I still got some things to share. I have some stories. I have some noteworthy women of history that I want to bring up from the ashes and talk about because their stories are compelling and a lot of things, a lot of things inspired this podcast, but number one thing that inspired it was this quote by Mindy Kaling, which I do want to share um, before I get into the nitty gritty because it did kind of spur all of this. So, you know, without this quote, if I didn't stumble across this when I was doing some work um, for my real job, <laughs> uh, this, yeah, this podcast would not have happened. So yeah, Mindy Kaling said, a lot of people have a problem being around women who don't hate themselves. And I kind of, I read this and I was like, wait a minute, I don't know if I agree with that. And then I started to kind of like process it and I'm like, wait a second, that is pretty accurate. So yes, I'm going to unpack that quote tonight as well as some other little things that stem off from this topic and answer some of your uh, listener questions. But before I do that, I want to introduce tonight's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Dirty Lemon, as was last week's, and I just cracked open my charcoal flavored drink. Dirty Lemon is a direct to consumer line of functional beverages. They've eight different flavors. As you guys know, I tried the turmeric one last week and tonight I cracked open the charcoal one, which I've been a longtime fan of for years. Basically, they have eight different beverages that promote different health and wellness benefits like immunity support, glowing skin, gentle daily cleansing, and all with less than one gram of sugar and less than 30 calories, which is pretty impressive. And the charcoal flavor, the formula itself is amazing. It's a gentle detox. It doesn't require 
you to give up anything in the process of drinking it, which is very, very noteworthy. And the greatest part about the Dirty Lemon charcoal drink is the fact that they encourage you to like eat things. Like their whole campaign is surrounding like eat the pizza and then drink the Dirty Lemon charcoal drink and it aids with digestion. You're obviously not going to drink it every day because it's like a lot for your system to handle. But drinking activated charcoal improves your digestion. It stimulates your liver function. It's amazing for the holiday season when you're just like eating a lot of things and justifying with being like, oh, it's the holidays. I can eat everything in sight because it's the holidays. Do you ever use that excuse? Don't even get me started on how it makes you feel after a long night of drinking. Guys, keep this thing on your bedside table. It's your best friend. Well, in the fridge, obviously, because you need to refrigerate it, but you know. Anyway, so love my Dirty Lemon charcoal drink. And if you guys want to place an order and to get a free case of drinks with your order, all you got to do is send a text message. Yes, you heard that right. Super easy. You probably have your phone in your hand right now. So just whip out your phone, text the number 917-588-0640. That's 917-588-0640. And text the code KATY. B, and you'll get a free case with your first order. Someone will reach out and get all your info and send you a nice shipment of Dirty Lemons. So yeah. Okay, cool. That's it for tonight's podcast sponsor. Thank you, Dirty Lemon. I love you. And let's get on with the nitty gritty. All right, guys. So I have a little bit of a confession for you all. Besides the Mindy Kaling quote, I got a little bit of inspiration for tonight's podcast from an unlikely source that you guys might laugh at me for or just like not know this about me. So I am kind of a closet history buff. Like I'm kind of obsessed with history and like historical moments. So I have this like, you know, this habit of listening to like history channel little episodes like mini episodes on YouTube like listening to them on loop like listening to one and then you know how they play another episode like afterwards on YouTube like I do that for like several hours at a time and just listen to a bunch of like history moments like random stuff I'm not even searching for and I just like stumble across on the history channel so yeah okay there you go confessions done uh I love history and maybe that's why I'm single I'm not sure but anyway so I was listening to this one um about it was kind of like a slew of historical women and just like women in history that have made you know movements or that have just like done something noteworthy and it landed on this one episode which I'm gonna play a little bit of it for you I don't know if this is gonna be like copyright definitely is but like it's kind of important to the story that I'm about to share I'm like pulling up on my computer right now um so the the title of the episode is this woman was Picasso Hemingway and Fitzgerald's muse so uh, let me give you a little bit of a backstory I kind of feel like one of those commentators on the history channel and I'm feeling very cool right now this is like my all-time dream but to kind of back up and give you guys a little bit of a backstory so there is this couple this is in the 1920s Gerald Murphy and Sarah Murphy so they are American um, and they moved to France because they're super rich and they're like okay let's just like we're bored let's just move to France so they, they moved to the south of France the French Riviera I, I believe is the south of France I'm like picturing the south of France in my head when I tell the story so like, it better be the south of France so it's like a beachy town just picture that in your head and so basically the gist of this couple was they're extremely fabulously wealthy have so much money they don't know what to do with so they just like picked up and moved to France obviously and they're a very colorful couple at that they're you know loud they're exciting they're constantly drinking and having extravagant parties and they actually convinced this hotel owner um, at 
at this French Riviera to keep their hotel open all year round uh, past the you know the tourist season so they can house all of their famous friends because they just were so rich that they bumped into like famous you know people well they weren't famous at the time you know famous as in like you know the artists that we know now as being famous and they were like you guys are cool like stay at our hotel that we'll pay for and have extravagant parties every night so that was like the gist of the couple um there's actually some rumors that Gerald Murphy is gay or was gay. Um, so that's kind of why Sarah became a little bit of a flirt and he didn't seem to mind. But Sarah, there's like no hints actually that Sarah was ever, you know, not faithful to her husband. There was never any like evidence of an affair or anything of that nature. But basically, Sarah was a very exciting person to be around. She was very, you know, bold and interesting. And she would wear her pearls to the beach, which was like something you didn't do back then. And she would just like bring all these exciting outfits and have everyone try them on and drink sherry and eat cookies and just have a grand old time. And she was one of those energies that people saw her and just wanted to be her. And despite the fact that obviously times for women weren't amazing back in the 1920s she was a force to be reckoned with she defied everything that a woman was supposed to be at the time you know like seen but not heard she was heard and seen and that's something that like just listening to the story about her was just so inspiring to me um but basically you know the the whole little episode goes on to say that she was a muse for picasso Sarah wasn't like anybody that he had ever, ever met. She had this very direct-handed way of speaking. To Picasso, this must have seemed just incredibly direct and sexy and amazing. Picasso begins to draw a series of women who are recognizably Sarah. Her wonderful pearls that she used to wear to the beach because she said the sun was good for them. Picasso is entranced by her, and it's not only Picasso who is bewitched. She inspires work by some of the greatest American writers of the 20th century. A number of people, including Scott Fitzgerald and Ernest Hemingway, all made her a kind of muse in her, her form, her face, her voice. Uh, appears in work by all of them. And that is the part that I was listening to where I was like, oh my God, this is going to fit perfectly in tonight's podcast because basically the part that really stuck out to me was... She had this very direct-handed way of speaking. To Picasso, this must have seemed just incredibly direct and sexy and amazing. So yeah, that that clip particularly really inspired me. And by the way, guys, that was from this whole little section of information is from the Smithsonian Channel, not the History Channel. So S-M-I-T-H Sonian, Smithsonian on YouTube. You'll find a plethora of videos just like this one with a lot of like history and fun stuff. And as you guys know, I think history is fun. So yeah, check it out. Okay. But that clip in particular really inspired me because if you guys know anything about how women were or like portrayed, but just also how they were in the 1920s, you know, we as women did not have nearly like a drop in the bucket nearly as many rights as we have now we were you know meant to be seen not heard and so this Sarah woman like you know how I'm hearing her being portrayed by these historians she was absolutely everything that women were not supposed to be and if you guys have seen photos of her as well she looks nothing like you know women were supposed to be back in the day she's you know voluptuous she has some meat on her bones she you know, her hair is a mess. It's not like, you know, slick and boy cut like, you know, most um, flapper women had their hair. And, you know, think of the Gatsby era, how 
you know, the flapper women and their boyish figures, like that was what was beautiful and sexy. And this woman is everything but that. But, you know, she has this captivating energy and, you know, she is a muse. She's someone that is not quiet. She literally forced people to put on costumes on the beach, like grown men and artists who usually, you know, artists are kind of like brooding types that don't like, you know, obviously it's like a generalization, but like, I'm picturing Picasso like being a kind of brooding type, you know, just based on everything I've heard about him. And she got the guy to put on a costume on a beach in France. So I think this girl, this woman rather, is something like a force to be reckoned with and something that's so inspiring. And I look at her and I think to myself, wow, I want to be a woman like that, you know, whose presence truly just you know lights up a room and whenever I I don't know I kind of have this fantasy of being that person who is just you know walking down the street and not that like it's my looks per se it's more I just want my energy to be the type of energy that you know people see and they feel alive you know what I mean or I guess feel rather they feel that energy and that's something I've always wanted and I feel every single day you know me opening myself up you know really Uh, taking risks and just doing everything that I've been doing the past like five years of my life considering high school was a really rough time for me as I've mentioned a million times you guys are probably sick of me saying it but you know I've just tried so many ways to you know in my own way of doing so like open myself up and be more confident and be more out there and in doing so I've kind of come into contact with some unexpected you know, pushback, like obstacles, you know, because you think you have this like vision um, of being this confident person. And then once you kind of get there, you're like, wait a second, there's people that don't like that I am this, per- that I am this person. You know, I'm met with haters, people who see my YouTube videos and my content and, you know, bully me via DM and are like, we think we know your life when, when they don't know my life and they don't know my struggles and they don't know that I'm not a perfect person all the time. You know, granted, I am a confident person because I've accepted everything that I'm not and I know those things I own those things and I have them in my back pocket and I know what those things are and you know nothing anyone says well for the most part can hurt me because I already know like haha jokes on you I already know everything that I am not so thanks for telling me because I already know uh most of it but yeah so I'm, I'm at that point well and I'm met with haters and that's one thing but I'm also kind of met with this kind of invisible it's like almost like this little nagging feeling that I feel kind of that I'm a little too much sometimes do you ever feel that way you know in any element of your life you might not even be in a place where you feel extremely confident I don't know like you might you know not be feeling too confident but you still are sometimes met with this feeling of being too much being too loud being too enthusiastic being too into your relationship you know feeling like you're just too much in any sense of the phrase and you know I think about this woman Sarah Murphy and how she was a lot especially for this time in 1920 where you know women as I mentioned are meant to be seen and not heard they're meant to be little pretty you know women on a pedestal in their little flapper gowns and to just sit there and sip their little brandy or was this the prohibition I forget prohibition so maybe like in secret in the back room sipping their brandy um, or on a beach in the south of France you know but not being loud not being a muse for all of these artists like certainly not especially when you have a husband good lord like I can't imagine the judgment that this woman faced but you know if you see these historical documentation there was nowhere mentioned that she was met with you know any sort of you know what's it called like opposition obviously she was because if you guys you know behind closed doors any confident person 
has days where they're like, oh shit, my life is just, it's just not, it's just not panning out. I can't do it anymore. You de- you know, she definitely, Sarah Murphy definitely had those days. And if you go on to read the rest of her story, like it's actually pretty crazy. The rest of the stuff she goes through, I don't want to like spoil it for you if you're actually a history buff like me and would like to read up on it, you know, definitely do it. Sarah Murphy, um, her and her husband actually were, I, I believe, I forget what the novel's called, but it's an F. Scott Fitzgerald novel. Um, yeah, I for oh damn it, I forget what it's called, but they were actually like the inspiration for the husband and wife in like a very notorious F. Scott, F. Scott Fitzgerald novel. So you guys have might even have read about them in your lifetime. But anyway, so I was really particularly inspired by her because, you know, despite being this this like loud person, she I mean, who's to say she didn't ever worry about being too much, but she seemingly did not care about being too much if anything you know and inspire people and so I am constantly thinking about this whole concept of you know aspire to be a muse not in the sense that you aspire for men to you know swoon over you per se but be your own muse be that muse that person that you want to be be the type of person that inspires other people to be great you know, don't you, wouldn't you love to like, you know, have done something, pushed so hard and worked so hard and been that person that makes other people inspired and makes other people, you know, turn their head and think, wow, that girl is on fire. Don't you want to be that person? And yes, there are drawbacks. Yes, there are times where that person that's quote unquote on fire struggles, you know, in their room at night and cries over things that you would never know that they cry over. You know, any type of person you aspire to be is not without any sort of flaws. And I think that's that's where we kind of go wrong because we want to be these people and we forget that they do have flaws and they do have nights where they don't want to leave their rooms. But, you know, at the same time, these are the women, like these type of women are the ones that you know, despite having these nights where they they feel utterly useless, they get up stronger for the next day and make that day their bitch. So another little tidbit about Sarah Murphy's story, um, she in her little social circle, or I guess the circle of people like Americans, I don't really know, um, she popularized the suntan. So as you guys know, it was like very popular for a while in history to, you know, be fair skinned and it showed you're wealthy that you could like, you know, afford to stay indoors or under a a parasol or whatever those things are called. Um, But Sarah Murphy was like, nah, I think I look beautiful when I'm tan so I'm just gonna you know screw it and a bunch of other women like followed suit and then you know now we see it as being like oh I'm I'm gonna be tan and I'm gonna be beautiful like I was just talking tonight about um, how much I need to get a spray tan for New Year's Eve because I'm a pale ghost at the moment so that's just a little another a little interesting thing that I read about about her but basically you know Sarah Murphy was a muse and I think that all of us have the you know the capacity the capability to be a muse in our own right obviously it looks different for every person because we're not all like Sarah Murphy Murphy. We're not all extremely outgoing, like crazy, you know, loud, exotic people. You know, some of us are quite the opposite. But, you know, being a muse in your own right, like there are many muses of history and of artists and, you know, musicians that aren't aren't the loudest person in the room. So, you know, I don't want you guys to take away from this podcast that being loud and being out there is the only way to be a muse but I just want you guys to like tuck that in the back of your mind and think about that you know think about the fact that you know muses muses don't care if they're too much and you know too much doesn't mean too loud too much just means 
you know, not by the code of how things normally go, you know, beating to the rhythm of their own drum. And I aspire to be that person every day. I really truly do until I sit back and I look at my love life and I pick and I prod because as women, as a Scorpio, I am just an emotional picker. I just have to pick at everything. I'm literally picking at my nails as I'm recording this podcast. I just, you know, not, it's just something's just not right. You know, I have that feeling and I, and I always time and time again, guys, I I do this really ugly thing where I look at my love life, I look at something, maybe, you know, anything in my life that isn't measuring up to how I want it to be, and I blame it on the fact that it's just me. It's me, no one else in the world, nothing else in the world is to blame except for me and how I was born and how I am and how I act, and everything comes down to me. Nope, doesn't matter, you know, if that guy is just a jerk and whatever. Nope, it's definitely my fault. And the other night I was on like one dating app. I, I think it was Hinge or something. I'm on Hinge and Bumble. It was the only, only two I'm on. Um, but yeah, so I was on one of those dating apps and I was like typing. Some guy had like, you know, reached out and I said like, hi. And then he was asking how my day went. And I just like went on like a little spiel about my day. And I didn't just say like the normal like, oh, it was it was fine. Thanks. Or I didn't have like a witty reply or anything. And I just replied like the truth. And then he didn't respond. I was like, oh, my God oh my god, I definitely just came on too strong, like it's totally my fault, blah blah blah, and then I laid in bed that night, and I was like, oh my god, I am, like, why do I have to just, like, be that way, why can't I be more witty, why can't I be more exciting, like, that's definitely why I don't have a boyfriend, because, you know, I, I'm kind of like, I do this YouTube thing, right, and I do this podcast where I talk about guys, and I just, I share too much, and I'm just too much, and I've beat myself up over it for a while, the fact that I kind of, have I feel sometimes you know I'm kind of like sometimes I feel a certain way and sometimes I feel a complete other way it's just like all my feelings are just all over the place but sometimes I get to feeling like I overshare on the internet and I should stop doing things like this because maybe it's the reason why not everything in my life is adding up completely and you know that sounds so ridiculous because you guys are probably sitting here listening to the podcast and are like wait I like this podcast hopefully and I know I can't like I don't want you to stop doing them just because you don't have a boyfriend like that's a shallow reason to stop doing things like this and then I you know I, I always that voice in my head always comes to me as well and then I'm like but 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 <laughs> and you know alas I'm going to be here every week and I'm going to keep doing this because I always you know another wow stuttering another little voice in my head is like but Katie like you know when you find the right person they're not going to care that you do this thing if anything they're going to be inspired by you or you know they feel what you're doing is motivating and exciting and x y and z and this actually reminds me of something I was talking to a friend about earlier this week as well um I posted all that stuff in my story about the Mindy Kaling quote um about you know women not hating themselves and whatever um and a friend of mine reached out and was like I have a story for you and she probably didn't know that I was going to put it on the podcast but alas here I am I it's it's a perfect little segue I need to sorry girly um I'm not going to cite your name so no one's going to know who you are but anyway so she basically was telling me this story about an ex that she recently has in her life um and the reason why they ended and basically um they got together and he was initially very inspired by her because she has a really awesome career. Like she is a dope career. She is like the biggest girl boss that I know. And he initially was so inspired by her and her career, you know, thought it was great that she was ambitious. 
um, there's this one quote that's just like nagging at me. It's like, you know, oh, that's inspiring. You can be like that. Like guys are like happy for you and they're like, wow, that's great until you're making more money than them, until you're doing something cooler than them. And then they're like, uh, well, I told you what you're doing is great, but like don't be that great that you, you know, overpower me and take away my manhood and feelings like that. And, you know, I, I have conversations all the time with my friends about like, is it awkward if the guy's making less money than you? Or like, is your job cooler? Like, does that make, does that put a strain on the relationship? But anyway, so this girl is doing great in her career. The guy was initially happy for her, thought she was being ambitious, whatever. She like had, you know, was just doing great in her career. And eventually, you know, this started to take a toll on their relationship and on, on him, namely, it wasn't really her, it was mostly him. Him feeling, you know, like overshadowed by her and her feeling I mean, I, I'm kind of assuming, I, she didn't say this, but I'm, if I was in the situation, you know, her feeling like, wait, should I kind of shrink myself or not tell him about my day because I don't want him to feel insecure or, you know, feel less of a man because I'm doing a cool thing. Like, do you ever feel like you're with someone, either a friend or a boyfriend, and you feel like you can't share everything about your day and about what you're working on and stuff like that because you don't want to come on like you're full of it or full of yourself rather or you know too cool for them or you just don't want to open yourself up to them feeling lesser or thinking that you're a total bitch or like I don't know egomaniac narcissist or something like that do you ever feel that way because I can imagine if I was in her situation I would kind of contemplate you know you know what's it called watering myself down you know to save the relationship because ultimately she did love this guy and so, you know, she didn't want to completely ruin something that they had because of, you know, him feeling insecure or whatever, because naturally that's his feelings. And so, you know, she couldn't help but be a little bit, you know, open to those feelings and like, okay, like maybe I should adjust myself to make him feel better. And like saying these words out loud and she's probably hearing these words and thinking, wow, like I sound ridiculous, like watering myself down to make this guy feel better about himself. Like I get it you know, saying things or being inspired, like being encouraging to make someone feel better. That's like obviously the most, you know, noble thing you can do is just be there for someone else. And, you know, but no, no, you know, decent person would ever ask you, especially someone you're dating would never ask you to, you know, chill and like simmer down and like make you feel like you can't share just because what you're doing is quote unquote cooler or better than what they're doing. And I feel like this kind of pertains sometimes to, you know, when you post stuff on social media, like you feel like you can't post something or you can't like upload a selfie when you're feeling like you're having a good skin day or something, you know, you feel like you can't share some things with even the internet because you're worried people will screenshot it, put it in their group meetings and be like, oh my God, look at Katie, look how crazy she is, like, oh my God. But you know what, guys, there's this whole little thing where it's like no, what's it called? No, there's no such thing as bad publicity. It's like at the end of the day, if they're using up their texting like finger muscles to post this like screenshot of my insta in their group me like okay you know who really won me because I am not wasting my time doing shit like that and I am like living my life and clearly doing well if you are screenshotting whatever it is because it's something probably like I don't know like I'm happy and excited and proud of myself for whatever I posted so like you're at a loss there you know I'm such a pro like post the selfie post you know photos of yourself that you that make you feel you know confident like when I feel like I have an awesome outfit on or like I took a pretty good selfie and I'm like wow you know it's not all about looks as you guys know but like to some extent like it can be about looks sometimes like feel 
okay with posting things that you know you you feel like are going to be like I don't know touchy or sensitive like you know break that those glass ceilings in the way that like you you aren't afraid like stop being afraid and so similarly with this girl in the relationship problem she actually so I'm going to read something that she said because it was very 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 relevant um so she says he used to say I've never dated someone as ambitious as you before but eventually that thing that he loved about me became the very thing that he resented me for. So that's what I kind of said before. But she says, and as I let him in, a boy who felt threatened by the very best, the very best of me, I lost sight of myself. Self-love is more than face masks and telling yourself that you're great. It's also looking out for yourself and making sure that you're surrounded by those who love and support you, not just those, or not those in general, who are threatened by you. Practicing self-love isn't only thinking positive thoughts and speaking kindly to yourself. It's also making sure that the people that you are with are also doing that alongside you. She said, I wish I'd realized it sooner or left him before he broke up with me, but I can't beat myself up over it because I had to go through that lesson in its entirety to learn it. Amen, sister. I want to like give you a high five through the phone. Um, but, you know, I, I said to her, I was kind of, like, we were having a, a back and forth conversation. And I said, um, like, this is so important. I said some other stuff. And then I was like, there's this concept, you know, their success does not mean that I've failed. You know, and I, I have a problem with this sometimes, like, to lower myself to the, you know, the level of this guy, kind of. Like, I have a problem where sometimes it's not even like something that's like a really known like this is what I'm feeling right now like sometimes I just see other people on social or just in general and I'm like wow they are killing it I am jealous I am jealous I hate them (laughs) or like you know I I kind of associate their success with me failing in some regard like I feel like oh this girl just lost a ton of weight I I'm like you know, I failed. Like that makes me, like, it's almost like saying that this girl losing weight makes me fatter. You know, it's like, oh, I, I've just, I've lost. Like it's, it's a competition. I'm a very competitive person. And so I feel like this sometimes. And you know what? Like usually for me, it's like a fleeting thought. Like, like it just goes in one ear. I think about it. I'm like, ugh, and then it like goes out the other ear and I don't think about it again, to be honest. But some people, some like horrific people in this world, like actually act on those feelings and like, destroy someone either in like the comment sections of their YouTube video or you know harasses them behind their back or to their face even and those people those people have a special seat in hell my friends I will say but you know it's normal to have these have these feelings but it's important to you know repeat this little this little phrase to ourselves you know their success is not my failure you know why is it so hard for us to be happy for people for like why is it so hard like I will say firsthand it's hard and I can imagine some people maybe look at what I post and just who I am as a person and they either, you know, hate on me because they just have no life or they hate on me because they associate my success and my happiness with their failure as well. You know, we're only human. It goes both ways. You know, we have these human thoughts and it happens. It truly happens. But, you know, I think it's about time that we stop focusing so much on what other people are doing because at the end of the day they don't give a damn what I'm doing a lot of times it's like you know you can like obsess over this person and obsess over hating hating on them and obsess over being jealous of them at the end of the day they're not giving a shit about what you think so or maybe they are but like chances are they're not so you know invest your energy and your time into bettering yourself 
whatever that may be for you. For me, it's just becoming more open-minded and less, less, you know, impatience. You know, there's like certain qualities of myself that, you know, granted, I'm not going to sit here and just like bash myself on this podcast, but like there's certain areas where I do see that I need to improve just like in, in life. Like I just, I find little things and I'm like, wow, I should not be that, be that way. You know, like I, I come across these people and they're so kind and forgiving and just, just everything that I'm not like I, I not to say I'm not nice I'm not forgiving but I do I'm I hold grudges I do you know internally and I just I'm not a I'm, the thoughts that go through my head aren't pretty all the time and I need to you know kind of be conscious of those things and that's something I've been working on I'm going to work on in 2019 is just having a more gracious heart I guess um gracious and just also just uh forgiving heart um so yeah that's like an, a little little uh, tidbit about what I want to be working on but you know whenever I kind of think I have I have a little bit of a notes going on here that I want to talk about but um whenever I think about these like confident women that like you know just are like confident kind of a little bit scary like just a lot I think of Sandra Bullock's character from The Proposal have you guys seen that movie it's like I, just to give you a gist, I'm not going to like spoil the plot, really. I guess I kind of have to. I don't, I'm not going to spoil the plot. So basically, there's this guy. It's like a, a publishing house. So they're like publishing books. They're like in the book industry, um, which is like cutthroat and probably even more so now that books are kind of going extinct, which I'm really upset about. Um, hopefully, they will never because I always only read paperbacks. So hopefully, they always exist. But alas, anyway, um, so this woman works in the publishing industry. She's like a high up exec in the publishing industry. And we're going to call her Sandra because I don't remember her actual name, but like, Sandra Bullock is the actress and she has this assistant and this assistant is a guy is it Ryan Reynolds why am I I think it's Ryan Reynolds I don't remember we'll call him Ryan so her assistant Ryan is like he is an aspiring author he like wants to be an author he works for her though because he wants to like get his foot in the door and he's been her assistant for like 10 years and this girl is like a badass like she's like up with all these like men like one of the only women at the table type of ordeal but she's kind of a bitch and like a little bit or a lot of it demanding like I don't know if you guys have seen the movie but like he has this like one incident with like a coffee mix-up like he has like he gets these two coffees he always gets the same coffee as her just in case like one of them spills so then he can give her the coffee because like he's actually scared of her kind of thing and wants to be on her good side because he wants his book published yada 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 so Essentially, he like she's like from Canada and she almost gets kicked out of the country because of some like green card issue. So she low-key forces Ryan to marry her so she can stay in the country and they like kind of go through with it. And I'm not going to tell the rest of the story because obviously it's like a really good movie that you guys should all see. And it was like kind of a major movie of like my childhood. But yeah, so whenever I picture like a really crazy like or not crazy, I hate using that word, but like a badass like loud, confident woman, you know, I think and well not not necessarily like all confident women but whenever I think of a woman that is confident and is kind of hated for being confident and kind of like just like bold and like just just you know Sandra Bullock's character if you guys have seen the movie you guys would know exactly what I'm describing I always think of her because you know I, I kind of get nervous sometimes that I'm going to become her because she's like I don't know 35 or something they they really hone in on this like 
this uh this concept of like her being like 35 and single because she scares away all men because she's so intimidating and I have had this like irrational fear for like a lot of my life that I'm going to become Sandra Bullock's character you know in the end she ends up being like great and I'm not going to spoil it but like she like ends up being a normal person a normal human in the end and like all of her insecurities come out and like the reason for why she is how she is comes out by the end but essentially like I've gotten nervous about being Sandra Bullock like my whole life because I am this person that knows I know to it like almost to a t like vaguely what I want in this life and I know what I what I need to do to get it and I have this tendency of you know convincing myself that I'm like I I just I don't mm, it's hard to say my friends would put this better I honestly should have interviewed them for this like podcast uh topic because they would say that I am my, my friend Julia has this thing where she's like, Katie, you have an issue with monogamy, <laughs> which, uh, which sounds bad when I just like say that without explanation. But basically I have this issue where, you know, when a guy just like gets too close or I don't know, I just, I end up being like, nope, nope. Okay. Bye skirt. I'm out of here. Like I, I have this issue and I love, you know, just like having attention from guys, but only when I want it slash when I have time for it. Does that make sense? Like I I have this issue with like settling with one person because I convince myself that I kind of already like I have this this issue where I like see the entire relationship like in my head in like a little mantra or whatever it's called. Mantra is not the right word. A montage. Like a little mini montage in my head of how the relationship's going to go. And I just like picture it like crashing and burning at the end. And I'm like, nope, okay, I'm going to save myself the trouble and not even give you the time of day after. So as I've said, I'm like kind of a serial ghoster. And I've started, so in my like new life now, I call my new life like my post-grad life, I have been very consciously not ghosting or trying not to ghost. And it's been quite an ordeal, let me tell you, because you know, it involves being like extremely vulnerable and saying like, oh, I'm just, I just am not ready because ultimately it isn't them. It's literally me just not being ready because I just am so busy with everything else in my life. And I just, I also am just kind of afraid of it crashing and burning. And I think I'm pretty sure I need to like rewatch this movie. I'm pretty sure that's how Sandra Bullock was. And, you know, like my friend said in her little um, story, she told me about her and her ex-boyfriend, you know, we have this fear there's just so many fears like her fear is obviously different than what I've been describing in my personal life but you know with her it's almost like she was just you know you have something so good like why did you have to fuck it up with that one flaw of you know not being happy for me and you know ultimately sometimes it does come down to having a conversation because sometimes people don't even know that they aren't being happy for you or you know what I mean it's like sometimes people are just like in a fog and they don't know that they're being that way but it seems like she had the conversation and he was just like nope see ya like let me find someone that's like just a little mouse and has no voice for herself or I don't even know um I don't even know but yeah it kind of brings it all back to that Mindy Kaling quote that I opened with it's like you know some people are intimidated by women who aren't just like down on themselves all the time you know, who are actually, you know, going out there and taking the world by or like the day by the reins and being like, you're going to you're going to be my bitch today. I'm going to like kill, you know, kill life today. Um, so, yeah, you know, people people are uncomfortable around women that actually don't hate themselves 24 seven. Like who, you know, go figure. Um, but yeah, I do want to take the end of this podcast kind of to reflect on some of your messages because you guys sent me a lot of awesome messages. You go girls and guys like killing it. Um, 
But this one girl, Emily, sent me something that was just very eye-opening. I read it in the back of the cab on the way home from dinner tonight. And I was like, this is making it into the end of the podcast because like, holy shit, this is relevant. Um, So she said, I think that we are simultaneously afraid of being too much and not enough. I think that we're in a lot of, I think that we a lot of times sell ourselves short in in an attempt to make the people around us, i.e. guys we want to date, more comfortable. Yep, I talked about that. The problem becomes when we actually begin to believe the lies that we've told that we are smaller than we are. Yeah, true. You know, sometimes, as I've mentioned, you know, I've uh, found myself when I actually do lock down a man, which, you know, isn't often because I'm like, nope, bye, see, I don't have time for you. But when I do, I have this tendency of being like, well, maybe I shouldn't tell them, you know, what I do on the internet. Or like, maybe I shouldn't, you know, tell them x y and z or maybe I shouldn't open that door to this thing in my past that I you know it's scary and I don't want to open the door to my closet with the skeletons you know that's like the the phrase for like the I don't want to air my dirty laundry I don't want to talk about the things that are hard because what if they can't handle it what if they're scared what if they're like okay this girl is nuts you know and we get nervous about those things and then in doing so we close ourselves off to something that might be amazing if we just opened up and told them how we feel and told them what we struggled with and if anything it would make them understand us better because there's things guys that we do subconsciously some things you cannot meticulously hide from other people some things you you just do and you you say without saying you do without doing that people just catch this vibe from you and you can't hide those skeletons forever you know whether you want to or not like you know you might not actually share the bloody dirty secret that you're gonna you know that's that you you're scared of sharing but something about you something about your demeanor something about what you say or how you act like is going to give that away to the other person that you're hiding something and that's something you know is something that you just need to get off your chest and that would make them understand you better. You know, like what would be better than just having a relationship with someone where they fully understand every nook and cranny of your life? You know, that's something that I consider a goal and, you know, I I just know it's going to, I'm going to get that, you know, get to that place because I'm going to share some secrets and it's it's not going to be happy or exciting because guys, there's some secrets that I haven't even shared with you all. Um, which I say because I, I share everything with you guys and there's some things, some dirty parts of my past that I get nervous even reflecting on in, my, in the comfort of my own brain. So yeah, at the end of the day, guys, there's going to be some people, there are going to be people that are too much, or sorry, that think you are too much rather. You know, you're going to be too much for some people, point blank. You can't censor yourself forever, okay? You can't. You're going to, you know, you're going to crack. You're going to, you know, bottle up all those things that you don't say and that you feel and you don't share and you're going to actually fucking explode and you're going to, you know, be centering yourself in all these ways, not posting the photo where you think you look good and not sharing something on social ne- social media because you're worried people are going to screenshot it and put it on their group, group meetings and like talk shit about you and whatever. You know, there's going to be a day when you're just going to crack because of all these things that you're suppressing. You know, suppressing things. Imagine just suppressing anything in, in you know, a bodily, <laughs> bodily way or, you know, whatever. It's like some things you just got to get out. I'm picturing like when you're really hungover and you really have to throw up and... <laughs> You're just like, no, I'm not going to puke today. This is not going to be a day I'm going to throw up. And then you're like, nope, I just need to get it out. So you puke. And uh, yep. Anyway, that was a really glamorous way to end this podcast. Wow, Katie, you, you've outdone yourself on this one. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of reading my notes now that I talked about. Um, 
Oh, guys, the book is called Tender is the Night by F. Scott Fitzgerald, if you guys are curious. Okay, sorry. I wrote that in like the little corner of my notes and I just, now I'm seeing it. Um, but I wrote also, the right people won't be intimidated by you. They will be inspired by you. And so in the instance of my friend who shared her story to me via DM, you know, with her, I said to her, you know, the right person will not be intimidated by how successful or how excited you are about your job. And you won't have to like dull yourself down or, you know, water yourself down rather. They'll be inspired by you. And ultimately, guys, in a relationship, you know, you're meant to grow together. You know, it's not that you're just kind of coasting through life at the same like rate and speed and you know you're dating this person or married to this person forever and you don't grow at all as an individual like you're supposed to you know help each other like every single day of your relationship just like give and take and some people will put in 70 one day and third you know what I mean I discussed this in the last podcast like you ultimately learn from every relationship that you have and when it's the one like you will feel like you are becoming a better version of yourself with that person and so it like breaks my heart that some people feel like they or they may not even know like subconsciously are just not they're going backwards when they're with a person because they want to you know not intimidate or overwhelm that person with their too muchness so yeah that's a really relevant piece there and I don't think I wrote anything else that I haven't already talked about um but I do yeah okay so that's that's really it guys um for tonight's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed my little story. Let me know if you guys like stories because I kind of want to bring up like some women of history and like little things here and there. I'm kind of a dweeb about it. And so let me know if you guys are also dweebs about it. We could be dweebs together about history. So that's it for tonight, guys. Hope you all enjoyed this episode of Thick and Thin. I will talk to you guys all next week. See ya. Mm -hmm.